Hello, this is Tiara. Hello, this is Allie. And this is the Goddess Vibration. Welcome. This topic is one I think is needed. And it's probably been needed for a while, which is so funny because I don't know why we didn't think of doing this topic earlier, but we just didn't. Um, I feel like there are a lot of divine feminines who are like, where is my divine masculine? And that sentiment is, it goes far and wide. And me and Allie understand. And it's come to our... It, it, it's come to our, um, oh my God, what is the expression? Our attention. It's come to our. There we go. Let's use that. It's attention. come to our. It's come to our attention that there is a crisis with masculines, particularly in the West. Like, and when I say West, I mean like United States, UK, maybe Canada too. Western culture. Yeah, Western culture in general. There is like this deep-seated wounding with men and you know we use the term we're going to probably use the term men and masculines interchangeably um but i do think that one of the reasons why we're not seeing masculines ascend into their divine masculine is because of societal programming and some of the things that our society is telling men and has said to men I also think that an aspect of that definitely comes from not processing trauma and wounding as well. Well, and you see that because we live in a society, um, not not Allie anymore because she's lucky, but we live in a society where our culture says to men, like, especially boys too, like if they're hurt or they're crying, like man up, you know, crying's for pussies, man up, be a man. You know, shove it down, swallow that. Um, and that, even though I know that that's something that a lot of men have been told by their fathers or maybe by other men, you don't know how destructive that is to a child, like subconsciously. Maybe not consciously. Like at the conscious level, it's like, yeah, you know what? I do need to man up and be a man. Like, why am I crying? But subconsciously, that is so incredibly destructive and it gets internalized. And then you have a society of men who are hurting and don't know how to process it. Agreed. And unfortunately, it's very conditioned from, you know, birth, childhood. And, you know, when that happens, I've mentioned in previous episodes, like when we're children, we are sponges, right? And so it's like, if you really want to maximize a child's learning, you really want to hit those ages, I think it's like two to six or something like that. And so, you know, when you're a child and you're not really, you're not grown enough or you know you're not developed enough to really understand like being able to connect emotions with the conscious mind and being able to make those connections and know like this emotion is why I'm feeling this way instead it's just you know we're told even even little girls are told like stop crying don't cry instead of trying instead of like the parent trying to figuring out like why are you crying it's just like stop crying, go do something else, go distract your mind. Like you can cry, but go to your room. Like 
I don't want it around me. Mm, which is incredibly destructive also. So I feel like there's a lot of things that we have done in our society and that our culture tells men that has, I mean, and that was just one example of one of the things that I know that our culture has said to men that has been destructive. But I have talked to my divine masculine about some of these things and he mentioned like this aspect in our society where, and this is something that's rife among women where they feel like they, if they get a partner that the man needs to have these specific traits. So things like making lots of money, being highly educated, being very tall, um, being attractive. And if he doesn't have these things, then he has nothing to bring, which is so completely distorted, um, but also like destroys the ego and psyche of a lot of men who might not measure up to those standards. Because there is only a specific subset of men who meet those standards. And you see this on things like online dating, in particular, um, oh my God, what is that stupid one that I hate that I got on anyway, that I still hate? Tinder? Yes. In particular, Tinder. Um, And they've done studies on this where it's like only like the top 5% of men get like 95% of the female matches or like 95% of females go after like the top 5% of men or something like that that's completely distorted. So now you have like this distortion where all the same women are seeking like that small subset of men and where the, where does that leave the other men? It leaves them frustrated sexually and mentally. It destroys their psyche. It destroys their self-esteem. And it leads to things like red pill and black pill and these men who become incels. And I just think that it's just, it's become so distorted in our society that it's led to an issue we have now where men are really, really struggling to ascend. And it makes sense when you look at everything that has gone into that and led up to that. Agreed. And it's really unfortunate that this is happening in our society. And I know that there's so many external factors involved, whether that's upbringing, social media, um, experiences. There's just so many things that play a role into shaping who we are. Um, Societal pressures, limiting beliefs it's just there's really a never-ending list of where all these things are coming from that kind of ruin the psyche of any person I don't care if you're male or female at that or it's just any person um you know it's just we're told like this is this is the role of a woman this is the role of a man this is your role like at school, this is your role in the family, this is your role at work. And it's just like, they kind of put us in a box. And if we don't measure up to that, then, then what? Like, okay, so I ha- I don't measure up to your standards. Now what, where does that leave me? And I think that is a question that's being asked everywhere from every person who doesn't meet these standards and so it's really destroying to a person's psyche to their uh, their person's self-esteem 
And it's just so unfortunate that society limiting beliefs and all these other factors have gotten us here. Yes, absolutely. And this might be a multi-part podcast just because there's so much that goes into this. And I feel like there's several contributing factors that have contributed to this um, decline of the male masculinity, divine masculine. Um, And I think each of those things needs to be addressed individually, honestly, because it's so complex and it's unfortunately become so embedded in our society at this point. Um, It is something that a lot of researchers are recognizing. So, I mean, if you just go to Google and do a basic search of like male decline or male crisis, some people are calling it the male crisis or the crisis in masculinity. You will see people who are exploring this right now and recognize that there is something wrong, Uh, which is great. Like, I'm glad that we're starting to have that discussion because it's very, very needed. And, you know, it's one we needed to have probably decades ago. Um, So I know that there's a specific, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to point out one thing that um, I thought was really interesting with the small amount of research I've done into this. And, you know, I don't want to discredit anybody or make anyone feel a certain way. That's absolutely not my intention. I need to get that out there right now. But I know that, um, you know, in if you are part of a divorced family, then at I know times are changing, which is great. But I know like, you know, even 10 years ago, the kids would always go to the mother, leaving so many children without that male. Yes. Without like without that male influence in their lives. And that really does play a role and affect children who are a part of divorced parents. Absolutely. Like there are several researchers who have honed in on fatherlessness in Western culture and how destructive it is, not only to the family unit, but to boys who grow up without a father and without a positive male role model because they, that type of like that, that positive male uh, mindset and like, you know, the healthy masculinity is something that's instilled by other men. And when that's gone, Boys don't have like a, anywhere to get that um, example. Like they don't, they go to the wrong places to get those examples. Um, and we're seeing the effects of that, especially after, you know, I, I hate to say this, but like the sexual revolution and, you know, women became empowered and, you know, they decided to choose divorce more frequently and more often Um, I am a feminist and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with feminism. I'm just saying that there's some cultural shifts that happened in our society that have led up to what we're seeing now with the crisis of fatherless households. You know, I'm African-American and in African-American culture, the fatherlessness rate is about 70% of households. So roughly, um, if you are African-American boy, there's a good 70% chance that you do not have a father in your household. And I see the effects that that has had on African-American men and on our culture and how destructive that has been. So to see that expands into society in general is, it's scary, honestly. Um, It's unfortunate that we've gotten to this point. And honestly, I, I don't know how we as a society can fix it aside from just trying to provide 
support to men who want to change and improve and be better. But another aspect of that is that men also have to feel safe and comfortable to do so. I think part right. of I think part of that distorted image is that like, you know, as Tiara had, had mentioned before, is like we're told from such a young age, like, man up, don't process, like, don't stop crying. Like, I'm crying because I feel a certain way. But instead of nurturing that and like right. making the child feel safe and comfortable to explore that and talk about it, they're told you're a man, you're not supposed to cry. So stop crying. And that is huge because men internalize that at a, like boys internalize that at a very young age. So when they grow up, they think that they're not supposed to show emotion. They think that emotion is something that you just put in a box and repress and suppress. And like when that stuff gets projected onto the people they love and care about, they don't know how to handle it and deal with it. And it is so unfortunate that that's what's happening on such a grand scale um because that leaks into things like you know i I mentioned the whole incel phenomenon and i mean is it really a phenomenon because when you look at it it makes sense there's a profile when it comes to incels and when you look into the background of many of the men who have committed for example mass shootings you will see the same profile. And usually it's men who have come from fatherless households. Usually it's men who have not had a positive male role model in their life for a significant amount of time. Um, Or it's men who, you know, maybe didn't like have any exposure to any type of positive masculinity. So there's a trend with that. And with that there, I think it's really time for us to explore that a little bit deeper and get to the root of it and see if we can't start healing our culture. Because if we don't, it's not going to be good for us, guys. It's really not. Agreed. It's really unfortunate what's happening. And this is part of, you know, other things that we've talked about in the dark agenda. This is part of the culture war we're in. This is part of the spiritual war we're in. And, you know, a lot of that comes down to control and trying to control us and trying to put us in boxes and trying to, you know, turn us into little minions and just follow because that's what they want. They don't want people to stand up and talk about these hard topics. They don't want to bring awareness to the public. They don't want people to be awakened and you know, part of our journey and part of our purpose is to spread, you know, as much awareness as we can, even if it means having difficult conversations like these through our podcast. You know, speaking of dark agenda, I have no doubt that all of this that's happening to men is by design. Like the cabal, I think the cabal has orchestrated all of this and this is what they've wanted and that they've, you know, done enough programming and brainwashing to contribute to this. And it makes total sense that this is the route that they would want for our men. Because once you lose your men, that's when society falls. Um, Absolutely. Right. So this I is all this by, is design. Totally by design. Oh, yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's all by design. And, you know, we use our platform to try to spread the message and just make people aware because 
you know, it is important that people become awakened and move towards the light. And we would love to see more of the males or divine masculines heal and, you know, come into their divine masculinity because right now it's just, it's lacking and it's so sad. And, you know, I know Tiara and I have been doing our research and trying to find different ways to get the message out there. We've been working on trying to heal some of our divine masculines and it's a process. It's not easy. Like we are going through it right now and it hasn't been easy and we're learning a lot from it. And so we hope that we can take, you know, some of the lessons that we're learning with our divine masculines and, you know, just bring awareness to the public. Yes. Agreed. Um, so she mentions that we're, we have masculines that we're trying to assist. I know that there are a lot of divine feminines out there who probably have masculines that are struggling, or maybe they've been slow to ascend, or maybe they're not ascending at all. And I just want to say to you guys that my heart goes out to you because I know what it's like. I feel you. Allie feels you. It is so frustrating. And it's like, there's literally nothing you can do. And I mean, at least in my experience, I feel like I've thrown so much out there to my masculine and even to the point where I was like, okay, well, maybe there's a part of my inner masculine that's being mirrored that I need to explore, um, which is something that probably needs to be its own podcast, but that there's something to that. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, it not much has been successful. And, you know, at some point you just have to like let go and let the masculine do what he's going to do. Um, but like the fact that there's just not a lot out there for masculines is a real thing. Like there's not a lot of resources out there for divine masculines who want to ascend. Like if you are a masculine and you know that you're carrying these false beliefs and you're not sure that these are the beliefs you should be carrying, like where do you go to get support and guidance on that? Like, what do you do? You know, society's screaming at you one thing repeatedly and here you are like, well, I don't know how I feel about this. How do I know that this is, not right like where do I get that support and honestly like I don't really know like I don't know I know that there are some masculines out there that have ascended divine masculines who are doing some of this work I know one specifically that I've seen on Instagram who is doing some of this work um I think there are also therapists and counselors who recognize that there is a crisis with men and specifically focus on that Outside of that, like, I really don't know what kind of resources are out there for men who might not have a lot of money or, you know, might not have spiritual guidance or support or a supportive household. Like, where do you go as a man to get positive male support and guidance? I have, no I have idea. a question. I have a question for you. Do you think that an awakened man, it's, it's harder for them to talk about than an awakened woman. What do you mean harder for them to talk about? Well, I'm just kind of thinking back on, you know, our last experience on how the divine masculine didn't tell anyone that he was on this journey with us and that he was working with us. And I'm just like, is that because, Hmm is it does it just make you feel more comfortable does is it rooted from or is it rooted from something else and that's why i'm just 
wondering, I think that there are awakened men out there, but they don't feel as comfortable talking about it or they don't talk about it or some just don't give a shit. And I love the, I love the ones that just don't give a shit and they just are authentic to themselves because that's really the ultimate goal is like confidence and being authentic and, you know, not giving a shit whether what other people think and, you know, are on this ride to help spread the message of awareness and, you know, move towards the light. I think, uh, you know, so we've talked about how women have a stronger connection to spirit than men do. And I think that that contributes. So if you're a man and you're awakened, um, and there's not a lot of men who are awakened, like you're that one special little, little unicorn, you're probably going to feel a little insecure about going and being like, hey, bro, I got these crystals. Like, let me show you what I do to charge them. You know, it's going to be kind of awkward if, you know, all the men you know are not awakened. So like, what do you do? You are probably going to hide it or you're going to, you know, suppress it until you feel comfortable enough to express that. And, you know, hopefully you have a divine feminine who can guide you and support you in that. And if you don't, like, honestly, I don't know. That's why I asked. I just was just curious in your perspective because I have a divine masculine and I've asked him before I said, like he acknowledges that he's different. And in my personal opinion, different is great. I support different. Um, But I had asked him, I said, do you ever feel, you know, like you don't really belong in in the society. And he said, absolutely. He's like, now would I ever like come out and admit that to other people? I don't know. Probably not. So it's like, it just makes me wonder like how much does, do these divine masculines like keep to themselves? And is it because they don't feel safe? Is it because they don't want to be exiled? Is it, is it an ego base? Is it just, is it from a place of wounding? There's just so many different factors and questions that can come with that on why more men don't feel comfortable talking about their journey. Well, so this is also a society that says to men that if you're a guy and you talk about, you know, love and loving everyone and like spreading lights and like compassion and understanding, then you're probably gay. So, oh my God, do not get me started on this whole gay thing. Like, Men, especially like, gosh, back 80s, 90s, when you were a boy, there was this whole thing about like, if you showed any kind of affection to another boy or like a man or like your father, you were gay and that was a problem. So don't act gay or show or, you know, express love or compassion in any way for another man because quote unquote, that's gay. So you have to understand that there are men who also have that programming too. Um, some of whom may be divine masculines who are probably like, you know, yeah, maybe I'm awakened, but, you know, I don't want people thinking I'm weird or gay or something. So it's it's so complex. And like the male psyche is carrying so many limiting and false beliefs. So, so many. Um, and we really need to like start exploring some of these beliefs as as a society and dismantling them as a society because it's become way, way too destructive, way too destructive. No, I agree with that. Um, I mean, this is part of the reason why 
we're talking about it on our podcast only because it, it's a very complex topic. It's a very complex journey. And, you know, I have noticed, um, I have noticed like on social media, like I come across some TikToks where people are talking about like how men are not in their divine masculine energy and like how, you know, if you want to get into that divine masculine energy, then you need to heal the boy inside because every, every person has an inner child, every person. And really, inner child work, like, it may not be fun. I get it. It wasn't my favorite work. I put it off for a long time. But it is essential work to really, you have to be able to heal the child for the woman or the man to really blossom. And I understand the concept of it. And I just find it really fascinating that even men are coming out on TikTok now saying, like, something is wrong in our society and we really need to go back to fundamentals and we need to go back to the basics and we need to start working with the boy from that inner child from when we were first conditioned saying like it's not okay to feel those emotions or maybe you grew up with a fatherless in a fatherless household or you know you've been told your entire life like be a man stop crying like what does that mean to a little boy if i'm upset and if i'm crying over something over something. And if someone comes up to me and says, stop crying, be a man. I'm a little kid. I'd be like, what the hell? Like, what does that mean? Okay. So I guess, I guess it means I'm not allowed to cry. That's how I would probably interpret it as a child. Absolutely. And that's how a lot of men did interpret that and still do. Um, Because essentially that's what you're saying is like men and boys don't cry. That's for girls. Girls cry. So that is devastating to a psyche of a child. And we're seeing the effects of that in our society in mass, um, which is so unfortunate. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because you talked about um, seeing these TikToks of men talking about needing to hear, heal the inner boy. I've seen TikToks about men that, a couple that I thought were really interesting that were, representative of how they if they're emotional some of the lengths that they go to to suppress or repress so that they can still be a man um making a mockery of what society has conditioned them to do um which on its face is a very powerful message um so there are a lot of men out there that are doing things like repressing heartbreak and loss and hurt, like repressing it, putting it in a box, locking it away, shoving it down. And, you know, even my ex-husband, he would say, like, you know, some of the deeper, darker emotions I repress and suppress. Like, that's just what I've always done. And I don't think we know how common that is and how many men are fighting that battle because there are so many who are fighting that battle because that's what they've been programmed to do and that's what they've been taught. Um, so I do wanna give a little bit of context into the masculine and what the masculine is dealing with because it is, it is quite a battle. Um, and as we sit here and discuss this, like it's given me a little bit more context into like how difficult it must be as a masculine because as a feminine, 
Like, we don't have those type of battles. Like, you know, women's rights is a thing right now, right? So we have more women going to college. Men, women are starting to out-earn men in some areas. Um, I know that they are more educated. Um, I know that I believe more women own homes as single homeowners than men do. Um, so you're seeing the rise of the feminine, but it's at the expense of the masculine, which is, I don't think, what anyone was wanting necessarily, but hey, here we are. Um, you also see the rise of masculine feminines, uh, which is something me and Ali touched on briefly, is you have women who are in their masculine because, okay, so I can't tell if it's because they feel like this is what they need to do to succeed or if it's because there are so many men who are not in their masculine. Um, I think it's a mixture of both, but you're seeing a lot of that too. I think it's a mixture of both. Yes. So you're seeing a lot of women like becoming corporate officers and directors and CEOs and they're climbing the ladders like higher and faster and quicker than we've ever seen in our society. Now, I personally think that that's not, not that there's anything wrong with that because I was like that. Um, I don't think that that's the natural um the natural way for a woman to be. I think that a woman woman um, shouldn't necessarily be in her masculine all the time. And to do those type of roles and positions and to achieve that level of success, oftentimes if you're a woman, you have to be in your masculine all the time. And that will lead to burnout at some point. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been doing it. If you stay in your masculine that long, it's going to burn you out. It happened to me. It's happened to almost every feminine I know um, who has been in that type of work, except one who's like I'm an, an anomaly. I haven't unraveled yet. But a lot <laughs> of women, there are a lot of women I know who have burned out because they were in their masculine for years and years and years. Um, so we're starting to see a little bit of that. I have also come across social media posts of women who are like explicitly stating that they are so burned out and don't know what to do. Um, and I get it. Cause I was there. I was one of them. And it, I was like, too. Yes. It like destroys you. It, it, it destroys your energy uh, because your energy is destroyed. You know, you've been in this mindset of success for so long. And so when you lose that energy, you can't, put it towards the stuff you were doing. And so it affects your psyche and then your self-esteem and then it becomes a snowball. And then it's like, oh shit, I got to sit back and figure out what I'm doing with my life because this is not it. Um, so for me, at one point I was, oh my gosh, I'm going to go back to when I was in grad school because oh I my was God, back, You were like a beast. I was I a was fucking like, machine. I don't, I, I don't understand <laughs> all, how you like managed to work like 30 hours a week, grad school. And then you're like, I'm going to become a bodybuilder. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> right. And even now I look back on that and I was just like, what? How the fuck did I do all of that? Like, I kid you not, I was in grad school full-time, I worked full-time, I had a part-time internship, I was training to be a bodybuilder, and I think I also was training to do a 5K, um, all at the same time. And I don't know how I survived, I really don't, I just somehow came out of it unscathed. I think I lost about 10 years of my life just <laughs> in stress, but somehow came out... <laughs> 
<laughs> came out unscathed and ended up getting a job that, you know, was, was a really great job. Um, but in 2019, I was working full time and then training for a bodybuilding competition too. And my body stopped responding. And then that's when I was like, oh shit, something's wrong. And it hit me in my, my ego too, because my bodybuilding and the way my body looked was so important to me. And like, I put my everything into it and it was like my source of pride. And so when my body stopped responding to the weight loss and the muscle building, um, it really messed, ripped me apart. And then I started having health issues, some of which I still have. And to this day, I'm just like, wow, I completely burned out, like completely. Um, so let that be your warning. You know, if you're getting those intuitive inklings that you're doing too much, if your body is starting to scream at you and you're a feminine and you're in that masculine energy, reevaluate, like reevaluate what you're doing, where your life is headed, what your purpose is, because you want to do that before you fully burn out. Uh, this is my humble opinion, but you know, hey, that's just my advice. I agree with you on the burnout. Interesting enough, I actually came across this TikTok, I think yesterday, where the woman who was talking about burnout had said, I'm not lying when I say this, but to recover, to fully recover from burnout takes years. Oh, absolutely. And I was just like, wow. So it's like, who has years to fully recover from burnout? Because- life still goes on. You still have to go to work. You still have responsibilities. And that is part of the false matrix. That's like what they want you to break free of the, you know, the angelic realm. It's like, that's part of the ascension and awakening process. But like, I don't think very many people, very few people on this planet have the privilege to just say, oh, I'm going to take like three years off and fully recover from burnout. So it turns into this really nasty cycle of, you know, trying to find balance. And that's why, again, I always talk about balance. Like that is, that is something that is so important to me. And I am fortunate enough to be able to really nurture that balance. Um, But not everyone else, not everyone has that privilege. And so as Tiara mentioned, it is really important to listen to your body and your body communicates with you through you know, muscle soreness. And this is also in Chinese medicine too. Like your body speaks to you with health issues, muscle soreness, headaches, stress. Stress is like the number one killer of the human body. And so so your body communicates with you and tells you what it needs. You just have to have the awareness to be able to take a step back and be like, okay, I want to keep from going to total burnout because once you get to turn a burnout, it is really, really hard to get motivated to keep going. And so before you, so before you get there, you want to make sure like to really pay attention to those signs and nurture those signs and nurture your body, get the, get the sleep because sleep is also very important. And so you really want to find that balance. And that's just kind of my warning to the public. 
That's an excellent warning. Um, in addition to myself burning out, both my sisters burned out in different ways. And for both of them, it started with health issues. It will likely start with health issues. So I know we kind of went on a tangent because I know a lot of women listen to this podcast. And I just wanted to express a little bit about staying in your masculine energy for so long. Oftentimes it's necessary. Um, you know, I've heard single women talk about, um, single mothers, excuse me, talk about how they don't have a masculine. So they need to be the masculine and the feminine to provide everything that their child needs. I get that, you know? Um, so I know that some women don't have that choice, but if you do have that choice and you're able to do something about it, definitely start to, you know, have some discussions with yourself before you get to full burnout. You'll thank us later. (laughs) But as Tara mentioned, we kind of go on tangent. So let's go back to the masculine. I think that there's just a lot of things that we need to explore when it comes to the masculine energy and the masculine, like the divine masculine, like as a person, because I kind of go hand in hand. And that's why Tiara said, like, we could probably have three different episodes talking about like differentiating them. I definitely want to do one that digs into like the inner child, but also the trauma and wounding. Yes. Um, and so I, I think initially before we like, dived into the whole women being in their masculine, we were talking about how feminines, we have that closer connection to spirit. So I think when it comes to ascending, it's a little bit easier for us. You know, society supports women, you know, there's all this female empowerment and um, the Me Too movement was all about empowering women. And um, there's this, you know, huge push to make sure that our society is more inclusive when it comes to some of the higher level positions and how do we get more women CEOs and how do we get more, you know, women into the stems. And so I feel like we're being supported in many different ways in our, in our society. So it's easier for us as opposed to for men um, who have to deal with all this negative programming. So I, I do think part of the issue that we're seeing with this imbalance with the masculine and the feminine is that women are at a slight advantage in many ways. Um, well, so, uh, I mean, for for most of time, I mean, it, it hasn't been like the di- the dynamic hasn't been like that. That's true. Either. So you have to keep you also have to bear that in mind. Right. It's like when we finally have gone to a place in our society, which there's pros and cons to everything. I always look at both sides. But I mean, I think it really started happening, especially in Western culture, when the world wars started. Because, Hmm. right, like all the men were going off to fight war, but companies still had to run. That's like that's like really the turning point, like when they started pushing women out of the houses, out of that, you know, like housemaker role into society being like, okay, well, our men are off fighting war and now we need the women to step up and fill into that masculine energy. And I think that's also like how it's grown from there, too. So it is really interesting how things like, you know, wars and outside influences have come in to kind of also change those gender roles. It's really interesting because uh, I have not thought that thought about that, about how the war could have 
like facilitated a lot of that shift. I mean, but it makes sense. Oh, it absolutely has. I like I I actually haven't really been that big into history, but I've been getting more into history and it's it's really interesting to like connect the dots that way. And it absolutely makes sense. I mean, you have millions and millions and millions of men going off to war. war. Well, who's running the factories? Who's running the offices? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, society still has to run. That's true. That's true. Um, I, I kind of envision it as like this like swing, right? So... And our culture goes through these goes through these shifts and swings like repeatedly multiple times back and forth. So in some ancient cultures, um, women were worship were warships and like they were the goddesses and it was all about, you know, honoring the feminine. And it was like that for, you know, a while in some cultures. And then again, this is ancient, ancient times. And then we had the swing back to this patriarchy, this patriarchal structure. Now we're seeing the swing back to um, oh, ma- matriarchal, matriarchal, I believe is the term. Um, I do think that we're shifting to a matriarch, honestly. Now, depending on who you are, that's probably not necessarily a bad thing. Like you think of, you know, hey, women being the ones that are on top. Hey, I don't have a problem with that. But again, pros and cons to everything. Um, I do think that that's what's happening to us, that we're seeing a shift to a matriarchy. Um, but the shifts are dramatic and they're extreme. Like there doesn't seem to be a healthy middle balance. There's no and balance. If there was, yeah, if there was, it was brief because I'm just like, well, I just feel like we were one way and then now we're this way and now we're falling apart as a culture. Like, so, you know, historically, there has to be balance, guys. yeah, there, there needs to be, be balance. There needs to be balance somewhere and somehow. And <sighs> I don't know how we get there yet. I really don't. Same, but I definitely think that we're going to have some spinoffs to this and explore like specifically like probably the divine feminine, divine masculine, you know, uh, another episode where we explore like the inner child wounding and really just kind of give our perspectives. And if males do listen to our podcast, like hopefully they can find peace and solace knowing that you know we are trying to spread the awareness and you know it is important that divine masculines also ascend it's not just about women and I know that we may have the advantage of being more connected to source but I think as awakened women it is our responsibility and duty to help our divine masculines I agree and um it's it's a healthy it it requires a healthy delicate balance when it comes to supporting your masculine because you can't make him do anything all you can do is just be there for him honestly um and let him come to you because i've learned when you try to <laughs> push or force or nudge or like you know give him a lift if he doesn't want to he's not gonna and there's nothing you can do about it sorry absolutely true speaking from personal experience too yeah absolutely um but yeah i don't know i'm just i really hope that you know we can get our divine masculines to where they need to go i have 
I think I've mentioned before I have four and I only got really one to where he needs to go. So I have three more left, but I, you know, I'll never give up supporting. And I would love to talk more about that dynamic too, about like, you know, how we can support our divine masculines, even if they choose like, okay, I'm not ready for that. We can still support them. And I would love to explore that more with TR because I know like we both do behind the scenes work. And also another really interesting episode that I want to talk about is free will, because, you know, that's essentially what Tiara just pointed out. Like, even if they're even if your divine masculine is supposed to ascend and like, you know, we want we want to help them get there. And if they just choose like, nope, don't want to or nope, not ready. That's that's them having free will. And so free will is a really interesting concept on, you know, whether or not we all do have free will, but we do and we don't because, you know, we're here on earth to for a mission or to learn lessons or whatever. So it's kind of like, yeah, we do have free will, but at the same time, it's like you're here because they want you to get something out of it or they want some, or they want you to achieve something. And so when you don't, it's kind of like, yeah, you have free will in this lifetime, but then it's like, if you don't accomplish it, it's, when you go through the reincarnation process, it's like, oh, we're going to send you back and you're going to try it all over again. So free will is a very interesting topic, if you ask me. I think it's a scam, but that's a completely different podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not surprised that you think it's a scam, personally. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys for tuning in this week. We're going to talk a lot more about this. Um, but for those of you who are new to our podcast and want to know more about myself or Allie, you can visit us on our website at www.goddessvibrationstudio.com. And our information is on there. Our contact information is on there. And all of our past episodes are on there, too. So, you know, if you don't have like Spotify or uh, what's the other one? Google Apple Podcasts Google, or Google or whatever. We're, yeah, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, which apparently is going away next year, and Amazon Music. And then we we also have some episodes up on YouTube and our website. So there's six different channels in which you can currently find us. Thank you, so Allie. I'm glad, that, I'm glad that you know that um, because <laughs> I just drew a complete blank. I was like, okay, we're online somewhere. I know you did, which is why I jumped in because I was just like, she should know where people can listen to us. So we're gonna we're we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> All right, thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Have a great week, everybody. Bye bye. Bye.